I hope you guys are all ready for a very special midweek episode previewing the NBA Finals, my views on the NBA lottery, and then, boy, does something upset me regarding the Suns, and it doesn't have to do with the lottery. Stay tuned for Shoe Zone on the end of this episode. This episode is going to be a great one. How's everyone's weeks going so far? I truly hope that it's going well, and if not, I hope I can be here to help turn it around. But without further ado, I am pumped to welcome you guys to a very special midweek episode of Shoes Views episode 12. Before I go any further though, I'd like to introduce myself. I'm your host, Zach Shoes Shoemaker, and I'm here at my home in Gilbert, Arizona, and I'm ready to give you guys a new take on what's going to go on across the league. Stay tuned, because a very special guest, Coach Ryan Silver of West Coast Elite, joins the show to talk about West Coast Elite, his life, Josh Green, and Nico Mannion, and so much more that you're not going to want to miss. Without further ado, though, there was a big-time lottery last night, and I need to get into it right now. So let's get started. So the main reason I had to do a midweek episode for you guys was because the NBA lottery went down last night. With that being said, boy, was that an exciting one. I don't know if there's been a lottery this much fun in a very long time. There were three teams that made the top four that were not originally supposed to because of different fluctuations between the trade rights and draft rights and all that kind of stuff. Point is, let's get into it. With the 14th pick, the Boston Celtics got the 14th pick because there was supposed to be Philadelphia. It was Sacramento's pick originally, but due to the trade, I believe, with Boogie Cousins, it had to swap around. Unless it was the number one pick, did Philadelphia get it? Which obviously that was not going to happen. But with Boston, that being said, Boston Celtics reportedly they believe that Irving will stay if they get Anthony Davis. Well, in my opinion, I think Boston Celtics are completely out of the equation for even contending for Anthony Davis. Now, David Griffin will make the right move because I'll get into that in a minute, but he has the entire league in his palm. He controls the league at this point. But Boston Celtics, Tatum did not play well at all this season. His value has gone down tremendously to the point where is Anthony Davis even close to being worth it? No. Brown did do great, but besides that, I'm not sure what I want. Smart's expensive. Robert Williams? No. There's not much I really want on that team. 13th pick, Miami. Solid pick. We'll see what they do with that. Obviously, just a solid pick right there. I mean, they weren't expected to do too much. They're just a couple pieces away in the middle of the Dwayne Wade era. We'll see what happens there. Derrick Jones Jr. supposedly, according to Coach Spolstra, as they said that he has a form of a Scotty Pippen. Not necessarily saying he is an ex-Scotty Pippen, but saying he has athleticism and the body is built as if he's Scotty Pippen, which is a very high praise for him. Mitch Kupchak will have the pleasure of selecting with the 12th pick. Close to where he got last year, I believe he'll knock it out of the park once again with a great pick up there. We'll see what he's, what he's got in store for us. Same thing with Minnesota. We'll see what the new front office and core can do as they're out there. It's going to be interesting with Garrison Rosas. Tenth pick. I know you guys probably saw Trey Young. He's not happy with the Atlanta Hawks getting the tenth and the eighth when they were supposedly could change the future of the, their franchise, getting multiple top five picks for sure inside the top ten. That being said, the Hawks do have the tenth pick. Washington moved up quite a, a couple spots and got the ninth spot. That is big time for them. That's one of the lucky breaks they have. So they can continue to build around. Of course, Bradley Beal, unless they do trade him. And they, I mean, they could just explode the whole team and just rebuild it around whoever this pick is if they try trading up. We will see with that. Eighth pick is once again Atlanta. I wouldn't be surprised if Atlanta either trades down or trades up, depending on what they need to do, getting another young piece to go alongside Trey Young, Kevin Hitter, and of course, John Collins. Seventh pick, the Chicago Bulls. That's something that, they got it in the hometown of Chicago. That's where the lottery is. That's where the, um, the combine will be. Not bad pickup for Horace Grant and the Chicago Bulls. Obviously, he was the one representing them. We'll see what they do there. 
They've been right around this range for a while. Obviously, got a lot of pieces. They need a point guard. It's very clear and obvious. Will they trade up, trade back, trade this pick to LA for Lonzo Ball? I don't know. But next other team is Phoenix Suns, and that's who really needs Lonzo Ball. I wouldn't be surprised if you see a number six pick and maybe TJ Warren for someone like Lonzo Ball. Because, listen to this. Lonzo Ball is a great play, and the Suns are out of the range for Jaw. And, of course, something finally had to occur. The Arizona sports have been going through great time. The D-backs have come out of nowhere, destroying. Of course, the Cardinals destroyed them. They had the best draft out of any team. And, of course, the Suns finally making the right moves. Finally got a big-time win in Monty Williams. Looking like the big core is connected. Chemistry besides Josh Jackson, which I'll get into a little bit, which I'm very upset about. But the core is looking great. DeAndre, Oubre, Booker hanging out nonstop. They're close. They're looking like they're going to re-sign him. All going great. Supposed to get the number two, number one pick in the draft, and they go to six. Well, good news is, shout out to Logan Lover. We were texting earlier, and he did talk about this. I, For the first time, he truly does believe, and I, I'm right there with him, that we have faith in the Suns management crew and Monty Williams and the entire crew to do the right move. Now, we'll see what happens. But I do have faith, because Chicago, Lonzo Ball would be a great fit. But Phoenix has one spot in front, and I think they might not mind doing that. Because the fifth pick is Cleveland. They also fell out being a top four team, potentially. Fifth pick, they need to get some of the pair of sexes because there's no other young pieces. Set Clarkson's nice, Larry Nance's nice, these just had moments. Osman's got talent, but we'll see. Cleveland, though. We'll see. Something like Jarrett Culver still might be available. And that'll be a perfect pairing. They need that big man pick and roll kind of guy. Larry Nance is great at that, but truly an elite kind of guy. I'm not gonna. It's not gonna happen. No one's gonna get it. But DeAndre Ayton would be perfect alongside a Jarrett Culver and Colin Sexton. Now it's not happening. I'm just saying that kind of DeAndre Jordan actually would be a perfect kind of guy. He's a free agent. We'll see if that happens. I think they might still be in rebuilding mode, but that would be a fabulous signing that truly could take this team to a whole other level. Now here we go. This is gonna get interesting. The fourth pick was the LA Lakers. They were not supposed to be here, but they got the number four pick, folks. And just at the moment. When you thought the NBA draft was was being rigged, L.A. and New York, both in obviously New York was expected, but L.A. falls in there. New Orleans and then Memphis gets the number one and number two pick, respectively. Crazy. That's how the NBA, that's why I love it if you guys saw my tweet. But, that being said, the L.A. Lakers are the fourth pick in the NBA draft. And you might ask, what do they do with that? Is that another asset to be traded in Anthony Davis? We'll see, because I think right now it's down to New York, and it's down to L.A. for that draft for who's going to get Anthony Davis. And it's really going to come down to it. Because those are two teams that are willing to ship off young talents. Fourth pick in the draft could be big time, though. Maybe just structure up, tighten that up a little bit, make a little bit of moves for L.A. You truly get another guy that can truly fit in there with LeBron and maybe another star, but I don't think that's going to happen. But we'll have to see. Now, number three, New York Knicks. <laughs> a Brooklyn Nets fan, I took a deep breath. And then I was excited as I'll get out. The New York Knicks have the number three pick. Not number one, not even number two. You know what that means? There's no Zion, folks. There's no Zion. And Zion said he reportedly was hoping that New York got the number one pick. As the cameras were all on him, he's the most anticipated one-and-done player in the history of the NCAA. Now, that being said, report I've now seen reports and talks around the league from multiple people I know. And I've seen on Twitter and different stuff like that. That the New York Knicks will not be able to create the super team that this morning they are planning on having between Kyrie, Kevin Durant, and Anthony Davis. That's out of the question. Now we come down to 
either Anthony Davis or Kevin Durant. Odds are they're going to pull off the trade because that's more likely to be able to get done of involving the number three pick, Mitchell Robinson, Kevin Knox, and a salary cap filler in, in regards to being traded to New Orleans Pelicans. That is what I'm hearing it sounds like it's going to be going down to. It sounds like it'll be Mitchell Robinson, Kevin Knox, the number three pick, for and a salary cap filler for Anthony Davis. If that's the deal that gets done with the New York Knicks, and Kyrie Irving will remove himself from Boston to come play with Anthony Davis because that's his end-all dream. That being said, that opens it up for a team right there. That being said, Kevin Durant is planning to stay and live in the city of New York City. In the state of New York. Right across that bridge, you go to Brooklyn. And it's sounding like this. I think we've seen our last game of Kevin Durant in a Golden State jersey when he got hurt. I truly do believe that. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But Kevin Durant's next game I believe he'll play will be in a Brooklyn Nets jersey. Mark my words. And listen to this. I believe that Kevin Durant will be coming to Brooklyn Nets. And he'll be joined by either Jimmy Butler and or Tobias Harris. Probably just or. Because D'Angelo Russell will be locked up as well. So you're potentially looking at a team of D'Angelo Russell, Karis LeVert, Jimmy Butler, Tobias Harris, Kevin Durant, and Jared Allen with Spencer Dinwiddie off the bench. And Rodion's Kuroks in the crew. And whoever they fill in. That is what the Brooklyn Nets can be looking for. But New York, this is a big time loss. It is a New York thing. And there goes the potential super offseason for them. Now it's just can they lock in the Kyrie Irving, which could destroy the off room. But oh well. Number two is the Memphis Grizzlies. Oh boy. Listen, I cannot wait to get in this offseason preview in a little couple of weeks and all. But my goodness. The Memphis hit the lottery. And it, it, I mean the lottery. They hit the lottery big time. Because you're telling me they got Jaron Jackson Jr. that they get to build around. And that is a mighty fine player to build around. But you know what I've been saying? They need another guard. Delon Wright is great. He can be that one or two guy. But you know who's going to pair up with him in the backcourt? Ja Morant. Ja Morant will be pairing up with Jaron Jackson Jr. this upcoming season. And boy, will it be special. Whoever the new Memphis Grizzlies coaches will have a heck of a time and a very great time. I think they should be, coaches should start opening up and being like, well, we could be having a team of Jaron Jackson Jr., John Morant, Jonas Valanciunas down low at the center. Mm. Dylan Brooks and the rest of the picks they can pull off. Oh, my goodness. There's a legit thing building in Memphis, and they got good. But with the number one overall pick. Oh, my. Does David Griffin get lucky? He's ha- been able to have the privilege and the blessing of drafting number one picks with Kyrie Irving, Anthony Bennett, Andrew Wiggins, and now the Zion Williams. Let's just say it. With that being said, Zion Williamson will be in a New Orleans Pelican jersey. As, as, as I said, I believe the trade will be Anthony Davis will go to New York City. So you're looking at having a base of Mitchell Robinson, Kevin Knox, whoever the number three pick is. So you have, so basically your lineup's looking like Mitchell Robinson, Kevin Knox, and Zion at the two and three. They have the number three pick to potentially grab, yes, indeed, RJ Barrett to keep Zion and RJ together. And then you're looking at either keeping Drew Holiday or Alfred Payton at that one. And if you're telling me that's not a good team, I don't know what is. Because that is a very good team. And David Griffin has the world in his hands. Because if you're telling me that the number one pick in Anthony Davis couldn't get you anyone in the NBA, you're crazy. I guarantee you right now he could potentially grab any player in the NBA with those two pieces. Anthony Davis and Zion Williamson. New Orleans is set, and it is a small market. David Griffin just found out how to do it. And Alvin Gentry said it just right. I'm not going to say it on here because we're a clean family version podcast. But my goodness, and that lock and the back room of that lottery, when they announced the number one pick in the draft, if y'all seen the video, you guys know what he was saying, and I don't blame him. 
But folks, this offseason is being set up to be the greatest offseason in not only NBA history, not only American sports history, but in worldwide sports. There will never have been a greatest offseason in any sport across the globe ever in our history. This is set to change the altering of sports in this offseason, I believe, has a potential to make the NBA the most dominant sport in all the world, taking over soccer, taking over the NFL in America. It will become the most dominant sport, and that's what this class, this offseason class has the potential of doing. Trust me, it is going to be a very special one, and you're not going to want to miss it. You're not going to want to miss what's coming up next, because West Coast Elite founder, CEO, and an incredible state champion coach, an amazing person for the state of California in terms of the community, is coming up next. His name is Ryan Silver, and you're not going to want to miss what he has to say about so many things, especially regarding and pertaining to the super duo of Josh Jackson and Nico Mannion coming to Arizona. Sit down, you're not going to miss it. It's truly an honor to be able to welcome the CEO and founder of West Coast Elite, and the 2011 CIF Coach of the Year, Coach Ryan Silver. How are you doing today, Coach? Good. How are you, Zach? Pretty good. Pretty good. So let's get into the very first thing then. So obviously now it's got to be pretty awesome to be able to watch two of your former players in Josh and Nico not only going to play at a high level Division One, but to play together. How's that feel to be able to watch? Be able to watch them this next year? Nah, it's really exciting. I think we'll potentially have four starters at Arizona with Josh, Nico, Stone, Gettings could potentially start. And Ira Lee could potentially start. So four of the five starters at Arizona all played for a West Coast League program. Very, very exciting. For sure, for sure. So what would you say would be one thing after watching them, obviously, for a while now? Like, what separates them from being, like, at this kind of level player compared to some of the other kids? I just think Josh and Nico both just work. They both want to get better, and they're both in the gym every day, working, working, working. And – a lot of high-level kids, I think, that, you know, people think they are and with social media and the popular popularity of social media. I think a lot of these kids get caught up in social media, whereas Nico and Josh both just keep working and working and working and getting better. Mm-hmm. For sure. So let's obviously talk about – so, I mean, you've been with West Coast since it started. And so how's it like how – did, how did it start originally? Yeah, no, so this is like the ninth year of our program, and I believe we have more kids at Division One level than – any program in the country will have over a hundred players from our West Coast League program this year on Division One rosters and kids in the Ivy League and kids in the Patriot League and kids all over the country, different leagues. It's very exciting to see so many want to be successful. For sure. So, how would you say it originally like started? Like, what made you decide to pursue this and build up this kind of program? I just, you know, for me, I, I had my own struggles in life. I struggled with alcoholism and I'm coming up on seven years of sobriety and for me I just learned in my life that the way I had the most happiness the way that I had the most success is by helping other people so I've dedicated my life you know these last nine years and even before that just helping people helping kids helping coaches you know a lot of our coaches are going on now to get high school jobs high school AD jobs high school president jobs high school administrator jobs, college jobs, MBA jobs. So our West Coast League network is, is is huge. It's very exciting. That's awesome. So what would you say would be one of your favorite parts about it? I mean, obviously you just said talk about helping kids, helping build people up. I mean, getting other people jobs. I mean, what would you say would be your favorite part about it? 
you know, just seeing people at one point in their life and then looking for two years, three years, four years and seeing where they're at two, three, four years later. It's, it's incredible to see a lot of people go on and be successful. No doubt. So, I mean, obviously you talked a little bit about your past, but what would you say would be something growing up? Like how did you first get involved in basketball? I just, I always loved basketball as a kid. I was never good enough. I went to Malibu high school. I don't think Malibu's ever had a division one player, basketball player in the history of the school. And I just, I love basketball. I love the game. And I just wanted to help players, help coaches, help families. And you know, that's what we're, we're dedicated to at West Coast League, just helping people achieve their goals and dreams. Mm-hmm. So what would you say growing up was playing basketball one of your dream jobs you really wanted or was it something else that you want to be like what you're doing right now or what was it? Yeah, no, I, did, I had no idea I'd be doing what I'm doing now. But as a kid, I loved basketball and thought that, like any other kid that I was going to play in the NBA. We played a guy named Paul Pierce freshman year. I think we lost by close to 100 points. And I just realized at that point in my life, no matter how hard I worked, no matter what I did, I wasn't going to play in the NBA. Mm-hmm. So would you say, when was it the time that finally clicked where you're like, this is the kind of door that opened up for you to come become what you are with this West Coast Elite program? And how did that happen? And when was it? I, I really think that, but through my struggles and Alcoholics Anonymous has played like a huge part in my life and mm-hmm. through my struggles with addiction and trying to find myself as a person, I think that just opened up my mind to understanding that the purpose of life is helping other people, help other people be successful. And when you help others, you're, you're helping yourself. No doubt. So let's talk about this. So then back when in 2011, like I said in the earlier that you I mean you won CIA or CIF coach of the year. And you won. You brought uh, Sierra Canyon to the first championship, and they won over forty-one games, wins in those two years. How was it coaching at Sierra Canyon? Oh, it was a great experience. You know, loved it there. It's an amazing school, and we obviously had tremendous success and won a CIF championship, which was great and just a really good experience. It was a lot of fun. Great kids. You know, seeing a lot of those kids go on and do good things, but it, it's a great place. Mm-hmm. So have you ever considered, was that something you would like to have stayed with? Or you was there something you'd ever want to go back to coaching in terms of the high school or college or something? Or do you like what you're doing right now? And that's pretty much set in stone. Yeah, no, that's a great question. I, I think that my strength lies in recruiting and building and building organizations. And, you know, I don't think my strength lies in, you know, the X's and O's and the everyday life of being a coach. I just don't think that that is is my strength. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you, as you said, you've had over 100 players right now playing college basketball. I mean, you've had players at all different levels from your program now. What would you say would be some, some kids that truly stick out to you in terms of – I mean, yeah, we're talking about Josh and Nico, but some other kids that might have stepped, stepped – I mean, truly stood out between their talent, their work ethic, their academics. I mean, whatever it could be that brought them to the NBA, NCAA, other professional levels. Yeah, no, we've had – I've been blessed to work with – you know, I was with the Pump Brothers for five years – we had like Drew Holiday, James Harden, Austin Day, Paul George. I mean, the Pumps had NBA All-Stars, which is definitely a fun experience. I think that some of the kids that Mezzi met to is just a very impressive kid. You know, he wanted to be a, a lawyer. He's just someone I saw kind of grow and grow and grow and get better and get better and get better. And it's really exciting to see. He was on one of our first teams we ever had. It's obviously mm-hmm. been really cool to see his development. For sure. 
So, I mean, obviously now he's playing with the San Antonio Spurs. Has I mean, have you had recent contact with him of how he enjoys playing with a coach like Coach Popovich in, in that system of that's ex- excelled in developing players? I know I haven't ta- talked about Popovich, but I, I know Popovich pretty well, and he's obviously an incredible coach and just really no special person. Mm-hmm. So is there any other – I mean, that's something that I don't think a lot of people realize. I mean, when people watch athletes, especially at a high level, NBA caliber players, they just think of their skills – I mean, obviously him trying to be a lawyer, something really special. Grow and develop over the years is is really, really cool to to see their development, you know, from being an eighth or ninth grader to where they go. For sure. So, obviously now, I mean, like you said, a couple of these kids have gone to really high academic schools from all over the Ivy Leagues. So, what would you say yeah. would be your favorite part about getting kids to that level? I think we have six kids at Harvard, two at Dar. We have kids all over the Ivy League. So, wow. I think that. You know, I think to me that's just as impressive as any Harvard and Princeton and Dartmouth are going to go on to be wildly successful in their lives, wildly mm-hmm. successful. That's For probably sure. the most important thing and something no that we really, we really value. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's something that, I mean, once again, I mean, not everyone can make the NBA or even play at a professional level, but that's something that unless, I mean, even if you're the top of the top, I think honestly that you have to have an education that truly is great for you. But if you're not from those guaranteed top five picks or something, and education truly is something that at all levels, coaches and all truly appreciate at someone that's really smart above their head. Yep, that's uh, that's what our program's all about. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So, so okay. who would you say is some of the top players in the high school level? I mean, you obviously see a bunch of them because you have a bunch of top players within your program. But who would you say are some of the top high school players within your program, outside your program, rising up to become really good players? The kids that have really impressed me in the, in the sophomore class – the kid Jaden Hardy from Coronado High School in Las Vegas. I think ESPN has him number two in the country. It's like okay. a three six four combo guard. Strong, physical, athletic. Has a really, really bright future. I think he does pretty much everything. His teammate at Coronado, the 2022 Pop Pop Isaacs, Ricky Isaacs. I think he's really good, tough, grimy guard. Like him a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. Young guy, Aiden Mahaney in Northern California. A 2022 point guard at Camp Olindo High School. Really like him a lot. Our young guy, Nathan Biddle, at Crater High School in Oregon. He's a 2021, 6'10, 15 years old. Wow. His upside is, is through, through the ceiling, through the roof. Wow. So, would you say there's any characteristics between those guys you see and the guys like Josh, Nico, obviously watching some of the guys like Paul George Harden? Yeah, I just think our, our program attracts high character guys. That want to that want to get better, that understand that this is a process, that this is a journey to getting better. Mm-hmm. So, man, I want to touch up a little bit more about how you pursue obviously academics and becoming a great character thing, because a lot of the club programs out there are well known as they just want to win games, and that's all it is, getting recognition. That how do you make sure to prioritize academics and pri- high prioritize being a good citizen, good person in the community? Yeah, I mean, when we recruit, when we build our teams the number one thing we look at is academics. And we, a lot of times, won't add a kid to West Coast Elite if they're not a good student. So when we're building our teams, I think academics are the number one criteria that we look at. Wow, that's phenomenal. I mean, that's awesome. Cause, I mean, you think about some of these kids that, even some kids in the college level, I mean, they really just wanted, program just want them for the talent and what they are. They don't really care about the rest of it. But for someone to actually truly want that and make sure that's the biggest priority truly is something special. That's why I think you guys grow at such a high level. Yep. No question. Mm -hmm. 
So another thing, I mean, obviously talking more about you then, you, as you've talked about a few times now, is, I mean, you're very much involved in the community and trying to make a better impact in this world. And you also did receive the community service award for, from Los Angeles. How was it getting that award and what was it feeling like? Oh, I mean, it was, it was good to be recognized for the giving back to the community and, you know, helping lots of people. And also in June being inducted in the California Boys State Hall of Fame, which is really exciting. I've spent 23 years of my life as a counselor at Boys State and just an incredible program with future leaders of, of our country. But it, it feels good to be recognized. But again, it's really about just continuing to give back and continuing to get outside of myself and help other people. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else you kind of see out there in the future that you really would like to pursue in terms of helping or somewhere else you really want to invest in the time? You know, yeah, we really built up our girls program and put a lot of time and energy into our girls program. Michelle Chevalier has done a great job. Her daughter, Ashley Chevalier, is committed to Texas, which is really exciting, but mm-hmm. really building up our, our girls program and giving girls the West Coast Elite experience and helping lots of girls. That's awesome. And that's something that I think a lot of people truly would appreciate because that the girls are not actually respected as much as the men in terms of the sport when truly they are working just as hard, if not harder than a lot of guys out there. Yep. No question. So a little bit stuff, just talking about the NBA since the NBA players are going on, who would you say is going to win the Eastern conference championship starting tonight or tomorrow night? That is a very good question. I wish I knew the answer because if I did know the answer to that, I would be, at a, at a sports book in Las Vegas right now, but <laughs> I do think the Warriors will win it all just because mm-hmm. their their chemistry and shooting. I just think they shoot the ball extremely, extremely well. They have multiple guys that can really shoot it. They have good toughness with Draymond Green and obviously a big Steph Curry guy, big Under Armour guy, but I think Steph Curry's a special player. Mm-hmm. So are there any guys that – who's some like your favorite – I guess who, who would be some of your favorite NBA teams or is your favorite NBA team if you have one? Well, I, I have a lot of respect for Steph Curry. I love what he represents. I love what he's about. I'm a mm-hmm. big Steph fan. I'd probably say the Warriors really like that, you know, the way those guys play and move the ball and move without the ball. And just Steph is obviously such a special player because his ability to shoot the ball. Mm-hmm. No doubt. So the final thing I'm going to talk about, something that I always make sure to always include in my episodes, and that's how do you think God's helped you the most throughout your path and your career so far? Ah, oh, that's a great question. I think that, you know, every day I wake up and I write down 10 things that I'm grateful for. And I think God always puts all of these things in, in my life, the good things, the bad things, just to continue to work, get better, develop and, and grow. And, you know, very grateful for God's will. That's something that every morning when I wake up, I write down 10 things I'm grateful for. And number one is God. And number two is God's will, typically. No doubt. I mean, that's something that, I mean, I think, Honestly, that's something that I know my mom once made made us do, me and my brother, when we were younger in terms of establishing, being thankful, being appreciative for what God's given us. And I mean, that's something that truly if everyone did that, I think our world would be a much better place, just seeing the positive things, seeing the great things. No question. Mm-hmm. Well, it's truly been a blessing having you on here today, Coach, and I can't wait to see the path that God has in store for you as you continue to develop this great uh, West Coast Elite um keep doing what you're doing because it's truly an amazing thing that you're helping out across the world and you're welcome back anytime just let me know thank you zach appreciate your time really appreciate you thank you no problem god bless all right you guys so the other reason i had to have a midweek special episode for you guys was because of this 
the NBA Conference Finals are on its way. And there's only one way to find out what Shoes has to say about who's going to win and what the outcomes will be. So if I were you, I stay tuned because I have some things to say about the Eastern and Western Conference Finals. It's a special one. Stay tuned, everyone. Obviously, you guys know it. Let's get right into this. So the Western Conference Finals, obviously the very first round, the very first game went down last night, and it was not pretty. It was not pretty whatsoever. I mean, are you kidding me? 116-94 Golden State. No KD, no Boogie, obviously. Well, I I told you guys. I mean, I knew they are going to win. I predicted the series will end up 4-1. Portland will get a win. There's no way Damian can let them get swept. An overall solid game, I mean, for Portland, it was horrible. Rodney Hood played, and he did great. Definitely improving his game, but I guess the highlight of the series will be it is the very first time that two brothers have met in the conference finals. Crazy story. On the Eastern side, same exact thing. Mark and Powell will be playing each other a little Powell's out for a season, but they're two on the same rosters. Could have happened. Crazy. Curry, the last night, had 36-7-6 and nine threes. Wow. Something special, folks. In the regular season, these teams were two into the split-the-season series. And... What I do want to say, I said a little bit ago, I believe that you will not watch Kevin Durant especially, but probably not Boogie Cousins play this season anymore either. I don't see it happening. Boogie might return because I think that my patron should stay a member of the Golden State Warriors, but I believe that Kevin Durant is out for a season and you will not watch him play for the remaining of the season. I truly do believe that. I don't see him coming back. There's no way that there's, his injury is just a sprain in his shin or in his calf. It's not just that. There's something more significant than that, and I fear it. Because the way he reacted, the way he went back and looked back at it, just as if it tore, just like Kobe Bryant, it is not good. Point is, I also think he's done with Golden State. I don't think he wants any part of it. You can tell by the record. Yes, he's the best player in the NBA. Max Kellerman, you can keep saying Kawhi is. Kawhi is a great player. Might even have made himself into the top three and passed LeBron by now. But Kevin Durant, folks, I believe is done for the Golden State Warriors. You'll never see him wear that Golden State uniform ever again. But, on the other hand... It's Toronto versus Milwaukee tonight. You're not going to want to miss it, trust me. I believe it's going to go to Game 7. And I believe this is going to win. I think it's going to be a great series. I believe it might go to overtime this Game 7. It's going to be an incredible series. Kawhi Leonard was clutch, though. You saw it against, against Philadelphia what he did. Tremendous. I just said he might be able to pass LeBron James as the number three best player in the NBA. But you want to know what I have to say about that? Who have I been saying is at least number two might even be number one? The Greek Freak. And the Greek Freak, at only age 23, will be leading his team to the NBA Finals to play the Golden State Warriors. And yes, they will probably lose, but it will be the greatest. One of the greatest. Yes, it won't be Kevin Durant with Giannis, but would have died for that. would have been making Giannis to a whole other level. But you will be seeing this. It will be a great series. Kawhi will truly test Giannis to his limits and push him better than any player besides Kevin Durant can. But Giannis and his Milwaukee Bucks will take over the Toronto Raptors, just plain and simple. It will be a great series. It will not be blowouts. But in the regular season, Bucks did win 3-1 in the series. Kawhi, of course, as we know, is in and out. I believe Giannis might have missed one of those games as well. Brogdon says, quote, and I quote, he's 100% back and healthy. Alright. So that might be a big They might keep him on the bench roll. Camarotters have been playing pretty solid as a starter. But here's the craziest thing about the stat. This, as some people are starting to call, is the underdog series. I ask, why is it the underdog? Well, here's something I've always said. I love my Brooklyn Nets because they have all these mis these guys that were mishaps. They weren't mis they were misfits. They didn't really want to be around. People want to move them. They fell because injuries. Yada yada. 
San Antonio, same story. A lot of these great teams. Strength and numbers by Golden State, same story. A lot of these ter uh, Houston Rocket pieces, same thing. Wonder why this Toronto Raptors and Milwaukee team are both this at this level. Well, there's only one player, and that's Brooke Lopez, which was selected 10th in the draft. That is playing that are out of the starters, out of the 10 starters, 90% of them were not lottery players. Danny Green for Toronto. Danny Green was the 46th pick. Marcus Saul was the 48th. Siakam was the 27th. Lowry was the 24th, and Kawhi was the 15th. As for Milwaukee, Middleton was 39th. Brogdon was 36, 30th. 36, sorry. Bledsoe was 18th, and Giannis was 15th. Pretty even overall. And of course, Brooke Lopez was the 10th. Crazy to believe that. Absolutely crazy. There's not a, see, that's what I'm saying. I said this before. I said this in the last couple episodes ago, last episode. The draft pick is only as good as its drafter. He used to be saying that quote, because it's true. This is a prime example, and that's why teams that are always in the lottery never make it to the playoffs, because they don't know how to draft right. But look at this. I mean, can we all admit these guys? Some of these guys are Hall of Famers. Marcus Sell is a Hall of Famer. Siakam will be an all-star. We'll see where he goes. Lowry is an all-star, but he might make the Hall of Famer. We'll see. Probably not. Kawhi will be a first battle Hall of Famer. Milton's an all-star. We'll see how he continues to develop. Brogdon's a very consistent, very, very good starting caliber player. Bledsoe, same story. Giannis will be a first battle Hall of Fame player, debatable, become the greatest player of all time. Not in the lottery. Isn't that something? Wow. So this going to be a storyline. But expect a heck of a series from the Eastern Conference. Another downside when you think about it is Golden State will be well-rested to face Giannis Antetokounmpo and his Milwaukee Bucks. But stay tuned because this playoffs is just getting started and it is incredible what's going down. Well, folks, I was wrong in two ways. First of all, I'm not going to completely take the blame because, well, I was reported to that none of the stuff was going to happen and that things were locked in things. But two big things have been said in the NBA coaching world. So we might want to stay tuned to see what happened and what I have to say about them. You're not going to want to miss it. Coaching updates come up next. All right, you guys probably heard the news. Woke up early Monday morning to this news. But the Cleveland Cavaliers have now hired the new head coach, and it was former Michigan head coach John Beeline. What can I say? What can I say? Kobe Altman. Applaud. I am a big person. It's a big time against hiring college coaches. And this might not have been... He might not bring wins to them. He might re might not remain there for many years. But when you look at it, the coach that was there, Larry Nance, or Larry Drew, was not going to remain the head coach. It was just a short-term thing to replace Tyron Lue. But there weren't any many options outside of Monty Williams. That's why Lakers have Frank Vogel as their head coach now. But they go out there and they take a high-profile college coach, a Hall of Fame college coach that's made national championships, won national championships, and they hire him. That's huge. To be able to pull on that kind of guy to Cleveland Cavaliers. And hopefully he can help develop and build them. Truly a great story and a great thing that Cleveland and the organization must be proud of. Because I'm excited to see how it happens. It could be very interesting. could be very interesting. And the best thing I want to say about this. That no one's paying attention to. Everyone, as, as I said in last, my last episode. Episode 11 with Corey Boswell. I said this and this is what I said. I said... That the Cleveland Cavaliers are nowhere near to interview or to hire a coach. They're interviewing, listen, listen. I went on and on listening to all their guys that they interviewed or are going to. Never once I even said anything about John Beeline. 
Because there wasn't anything. Cleveland was so excellent at maintaining and keeping the word inside the locker room, inside the closed doors, that it never got out to the media. That is special, and that's hard to do, and that's why I'm saying Kobe Altman is creating a perfect and a well-run organization that will be an elite class organization for years to come. Big props to them. Stephen A. Smith, he says, he is a great hire or whatever, but why does he care? It's in Cleveland. Because there are 30, they're one of the 30 NBA teams that just won a national championship a few years ago that have young core pieces. That's why, Stephen A. As for Philadelphia, my goodness. Brett Brown will remain the head coach of the Philadelphia 76ers. In a way, I understand it. You got a whole bunch of free agents you don't want. You want to be able to entice them as much as you can. I believe he was going to be fired. He was, he was fired. I believe that. But you want to know why he stayed? Joel Embiid had that press conference where he said, if anything, put the blame on me. And then listening to whatever Joel Embiid says because he is the face and he is the main guy and no one is even close to that. And yes, I'm saying Ben Simmons is nowhere near the level or anywhere near where Embiid will ever be in terms of the franchise guy in Philadelphia because he doesn't want to work his butt off and get a jump shot. He wants to sit back and live his life with the Jenners and have a celebrity kind of lifestyle when he doesn't want to work in the gym nonstop and get that jump shot. Embiid showed emotion. Simmons, don't even get me started about his last intro press conference about him not going to shoot again. If he doesn't want to shoot, I'd trade him. That's what I'd do. If I'm Philadelphia and I'm Elton Brand, people might disagree with me. First take was saying they might want to trade to Embiid, but no. Embiid and Simmons, I don't believe, will thrive together because Simmons doesn't give a darn about basketball. He wants to just go shoot his little layups and hook shots that clearly don't get them past the second round of the playoffs. So if I'm Philadelphia, I'm honestly looking to trade Ben Simmons and see what I can get. If I can get one of those top three picks, I'm doing it. I am. Because someone like Memphis wouldn't be bad. You go get yourself a new guy like Jaw to truly run the point. That's my pick. That's truly what I think. How about LA Lakers? They just said that the pick might be expendable. They're looking to trade. It's a very big asset. Why not get the number four pick? I know you're downgrading, but why not get that? Let's say this. You get yourself the number four pick, and you might be able to pull in Jarrett Culver, or maybe then trade up to get Jaw with C. Get something like Jarrett Culver, right? Or R.J. Barrett. Then, or Cameron Reddish, a shooter. And then you go. Jericho over R.J. Barrett could definitely replace Jimmy Butler, in fact, where he can go to Brooklyn or somewhere. You then take someone else, right? You also add in, let's say, Kuzma. You add in... Nah, that's not going to work. You add in something, another piece like that, and what do you got? Philly might have a deeper, more contending, better team. But... Folks, Brett Brown is going. Memphis is not going anywhere with the coaches. I think they're just going to party right now, get the number two pick of the draft, and see the, start having the coaches call. Now, Ryan Summers is still in the lead. The coaching decision will be made in the upcoming days. As of right now, they have now interviewed the Bucks assistant, Darwin Ham, the Miami Heat assistant, Jawan Howard, Portland's assistant, David Vanderpool, and now they've and now also interviewed the New Orleans Pelicans assistant, Chris Finch. We'll see what happens as they say if Saunders is still in the lead run by far. And Clippers have now also extended their executive uh, to Jerry Wester, one-year deal. Perfect. He's done an incredible job drafting, getting that organization in a great place, making the playoffs, and we know the historic great series and the story that they had this year. That's what I got to say about coaching update. Stay tuned to next week's episode when I hit more all about this coaching update and see if Memphis or anyone's come any closer to hiring the next head coach or assistant head coach. That's what we got to say. That's your coaching update for this week. Oh yeah, you guys know what's up next. You're not going to miss it because big time things are about to go down. And i got to talk about them because the media is not giving them enough attention. But I am furious and also emotional. 
about something that went down this past weekend at Rolling Loud. And I'm going to get into that along with a few other things. You're not going to want to miss it because fan favorite Shoe Zone is up next. You're not going to want to miss it. Stay tuned. All right, first thing I'm going to talk about in Shoe Zone. I usually want to save the thing I'm most emotional for last, but I just have to get into this right now. Wow. I'm shocked and I'm disappointed in Josh Jackson. I really truly am. Josh is someone that, of course, he's a Jayhawk, so I have mad love and respect for all my Jayhawks. Not only that, though, but I was a sign initial to my name jersey from Josh Jackson that I got for my birthday. Shout out to Mitch Lightfoot for help getting that for me. But Josh is someone that I've known people that know him. I've met him. I know him. It's sad to see this. It truly is. But Josh Jackson was, in fact, arrested at Rolling Loud this past weekend, and he's now been charged with felony escape and resisting arrest. He has got a 1,001K bond, and his court is scheduled for June 10th. Wow. Reportedly, he got he was not he did not have the proper passes to get into the VIP section, so he decided to fight officers in regards to allowing him in. But obviously, it did not happen. Here's what I gotta say. Phoenix Suns must trade Josh Jackson. I've said this before, but this is not the place for him, and now it's not even close to the right place. It's getting in legal problems. He's already had enough stuff back in Kansas. But to see this, this is horrible. They have his replacement in there, the Jayhawk and Kelly Oubre, and we call Bridges. But yes, indeed, Josh Jackson was not a part of this team. He'll be traded. I've heard rumors that San Antonio will be pursuing him. That's the perfect kind of San Antonio person. Only thing against why Brooklyn or San Antonio wouldn't see necessarily getting him is because he could ruin the locker room. There's a risk. And is, is he worth that risk? I don't know. That's for them to decide. But Josh Jackson must be moved. And I hope someone can change him. Monty Williams will be a heck of a coach and a leader and keep him in there. And he could probably help straighten Josh, but not at this point. I don't know where it is. But someone I would like to see would be Philadelphia. I truly would. He'd have that intensity, that energy, and a good core team where he will be, or he will be held accountable. And I will hopefully have a consistent coach if Brett Brown truly is the guy. But Josh, come on, man. That's unexcusable. You're at a concert place, environment where phones are everywhere videotaping what you did, and it went viral. And there will be suspensions handed out, I guarantee it. Next thing. More negative news. James Harden. They don't want to publicize this because they were too busy making fun of Joel Embiid crying because he was emotional and in love with the game. They're too involved in making fun of Russell Westbrook because he wants to work his butt off after saying he will work his butt off and get a jump shot. But no, it doesn't get any attention. Oh my goodness. Wow. No, it doesn't get any attention, folks. James Harden. You just want to know what he did right following the right after he left that press conference. The Houston Rockets of Golden State after Game 6. Just where he goes every time and where he went a few years ago to the club, right where, during the middle of the series, which cost him a lot because he had no sleep. We know who he went partying with. He went partying with Little Pumpter Club. Following right after that game. He earned my respect because he was a dominant scorer. He finally showed up in the playoffs. Of course, he didn't get a ring, nor do I think he ever will get a ring. I think their window's closed, like I said. But I'm sorry, I don't have any problem with, I mean, I have a problem with the strip club stuff, but I don't know if this was that or not. But the fact that you go to a club the night after you just lost... You should go put yourself in the gym and work and make sure you get your teammates under control. You better be in that front office talking how you're going to change. I understand. Go to the club the following night or something. But that night, you better be reflecting on how to get better and learn how to get to another aspect. Because this is not what you signed up for. This is not a good place in Houston right now. And I'm they're a disappointment. They can go spend more money, but they are locked in between Chris Paul, Harden, and Capella. 
Big things need to change in Houston. And it starts with the helm of Harden. He needs to get a leadership and start caring about this game of basketball and caring about his teammates. Because I'm ridiculous. And it's, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous seeing this stuff. I'm tired of seeing him in the club partying nonstop. Get in the game and go to work. Next up. Wow. Well, Rogier was on first take today, folks. He was in the ESPN studio going through, spilling all the kinds of information. First off, he started off saying Kyrie's a great leader, but, and I quote, he gets what he wants all the time, and he doesn't stop till he gets it. Yeah, that's a great leader. He demands some things. All right. Fine. But Rozier said, it, this is regards. Stephen asked him the question. If he's brought back, with, and everyone's brought back from Boston, what's his take? He said this, and I quote, I might have to go. I put up with a lot this year. That means that there was drama in the locker room, as well as well, we'll report it. wasn't make, made up. Also, New York Knicks have now been eyeing Terry Rozier and Marcus Morris. I saw a funny thing on Instagram. It might not be true. I don't think. I think they'll get someone better than say better. Jeez. But Rozier and Marcus over Kyrie and Katie. Kyrie and Katie are obviously the fantasy, but the realistic ability will be Irving. I mean, will be Rozier and Marcus Morris. Because we all know Rozier and Irving are not going to go play together if they leave Boston. <laughs> That's not happening. But we'll see. Rozier, I think, lost a lot of value, as I said. But someone like New York, they're always like to run the money and pay extra money than they have to. So we'll see. Jimmy Butler. And he said, and I quote, another quote, I think, knock on wood, I will get a max contract anywhere I choose to go. That might be true. I think anyone will probably offer a max contract, but we'll see. Jimmy Butler is a player that's earned my respect, and I have mad love for him now. I started, I, I never really lost my respect. I just knew the thing wasn't a right fit with Andrew Wiggins, and I, you guys know how I love Andrew Wiggins. But it was during the regular season when he was just struggling, not playing his best, not doing his best. You guys know what I mean? Then the postseason comes, and he looks like, I'm not trying to make a max comment comment here, but he looks almost like a Kobe Bryant kind of player in terms of he took control, he had the moment mentality, he was going at you, trying to hit the clutch baskets. No way was he on Kobe Bryant, nowhere near as clutch, nowhere as good, not even close to that. But you guys get my point. He elevated his game to a whole nother level and dominated. But we'll see what that gets him. I hope teams value him. He deserves a max contract because he worked his butt off. And I support those guys like him, the guys like Chris Paul, the guys like the Steph Curry's, the guys that are just dogs and go to work every single day. Those are my favorite kind of players. Last thing is some really good news, folks. Michael Porter Jr. will, in fact, play in the summer of this year after having the multiple injuries broken back. Jonte Porter's brother also has multiple 20 ACS, but Michael Porter, the potential number one best player in the entire draft class, originally, was, was coming out of high school, was originally protected to be the number one overall player, will be returning for the Denver Nuggets. Now, let me tell you something. If that Denver Nuggets team I just watched develops through a whole summer, and they add Michael Porter Jr., and he's even half of what he could have been, y'all might want to watch out. Something special is brewing in Denver. Mile High City is about to be a party zone. It is going to be a championship-based for many years to come. Denver has a lead in terms of young teams in the Western Conference as this minute, and you're not going to want to miss it. So, that is what I got for today for Shoe Zone, and I hope you guys enjoyed it, because next week, the next few days until the next episode comes out, I bet a lot of new crazy stuff will go down with regard to the lottery and so much more. What's going on, everyone? I hope you guys all enjoyed today's episode, episode 12, a midweek episode. And I hope you guys all enjoyed getting the special opportunity to have two episodes this week. And I hope you guys enjoy my takes. With that being said, I hope you guys have a great rest of your week. But 
If you guys want to know possible upcoming guests or you guys are possibly getting involved in the show, go over, follow me on my Instagram at Zach Shoemaker or my Twitter also at Zach Shoemaker or go subscribe to my YouTube channel, Shoes Views Zach Shoemaker or like my Facebook page at Shoes Views. Now, you can also go and like, subscribe, give a five-star comment, whatever you have to do to continue to allow Shoes Views to grow because I cannot wait to see where it continues to grow and it's going to be big time. With that being said, folks, I love that everyone enjoyed today's show, and I I am out. Shoes is out. Be the light, everyone, and God bless.